Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Barbecue Stories Behind the Rub with Barbecue Rub Club. I'm your host and founder of Barbecue Rub Club, Brian Villanueva, and today we'll be taking you behind the scenes with JC Fluger from J. Christopher Co. and learn everything we can about how he started and the challenges along the way. With that, let's get uh, let's jump into it. Um, if you could fill us in on the backstory of the rub, how it got started, and uh, what got you into into barbecue. Well, um, that's actually a two answer there for you. I got two answers on it. So the um, the backstory on the rub happened around 2005-2006 is when it all came to a head for me. Um, I got really tired of barbecue sauces and rubs that were just packed full of sugar and salt, mostly salt, and uh, I just wanted to change something up. So I started experimenting and making some really bad dinners for my family, trying to find the right recipe. Absolutely, I know what that's like. I've I've done the same thing. (laughs) You've gotten that look across the table, I'm smiling at you, even though this really sucks, Dad, kind of thing. That's it. That's the look, yep. (laughs) So it took a little while, obviously, but... um, it was around 2014 that I think I finally nailed the recipe, and I had been bringing it to our local uh, little get-togethers we had during the summertime in the neighborhood park and uh, doing Friday afternoon barbecues with everyone. And when I got a thumbs up from the whole group of about 30, I knew I hit it. So it took um, a little bit of doing to get the recipe right, though. There was some trips to Israel, and I went to Jerusalem markets, and that's where I found the most amazing spice vendors in the world. You could just sit there and do one of those flop in the snow, make an angel in the snow kind of places with all the spices they have there. Like a cat rolling. It's amazing. <laughs> it is. What was the... Uh... So, sorry, but uh, not to cut you off, but what was the inspiration behind going over to Israel or 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 Jerusalem? My my, uh, my wife is actually from Israel. All oh, right, so that makes sense. They were born and raised there. She was born and raised there, and so we were going back home to say hi to family. And I told her I need to go see these markets. Right, that's awesome. And yeah. So you picked up, and that was after you perfected the rub, or right, or that was part of it. That was. 2008 is uh, 2008 and 2000, 2009. We went two years in a row there, um, and that was where I found the key ingredient of sumac. That's uh, that's the key component in my rub, which is a really unique spice, really not heard of in the United States. Yeah, I met before before trying your your rub. I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of it before, and I had to look it up um, to find out what it was. So, and the first couple of things that you found when you were searching said deadly sumac, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't remember seeing that, but uh, maybe if I had, I would have I would have been a little bit worried. Uh, I've had a few people say that they found that when they were looking up what sumac was, and um, that's actually an old wives' tale. There really isn't any such thing as 
deadly sumac. It was a misnamed poison ivy from the East Coast. And so um, most sumac, uh, most any sumac is safe for you. So don't worry. Okay. No one's gonna die. <laughs> it's um, it's really unique. The, the key point why I decided to use it was this bright red color. First of all, just amazing color, um, and this lemon acid component that it gives, without being a citrus. So you get all that in with the flavor that really just makes everything immediately pop no matter what the, the smell taste it's all there bright color and just took it off from there for everything I was trying to accomplish with everything I knew about barbecue being mustard and vinegar and uh, paprika and pepper trying to get all those components dialed in there and this just went on top of it oh my god that's right that's it there you are that's it that's pretty. That's pretty uh, sweet. And so you found that on a trip to uh, Jerusalem, then. Yes. Cool. So you brought that back. Uh, start playing around with it. Uh, what well, was kind of the journey from there? Yeah, it was a little bit of a journey from that point, but it didn't take much longer after that um, to really get it dialed in. It was some of the smaller components that dialed back around a little bit more. Uh, that was about it. If you're cooking with the rub, what are you what are you cooking? Good question. I cook everything with it. I've found uh, it works on anything you want to eat, and that is not a far stretch. I really mean anything you want to eat. It seems to work on uh, craziest one that I've ever heard. I've got a guy that lives up in the middle of nowhere kind of person that's disconnected from anything communication-wise. <laughs> and uh, he uses it on his popcorn to then supplement as a crunchy topping on his vanilla ice cream. Oh, wow. That is yeah. pretty interesting. I've never thought about topping ice cream with popcorn, but... Uh, okay. Went along with the barbecue type spice rub on that popcorn. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but if you, what's your, what then? Let me, uh, let me rephrase it just a little bit. What's your favorite meat to put on? I, I get that it, it probably goes on everything really well, but if you're cooking barbecue, what are you putting it on? Typically, St. Louis or baby backs and tri-tip. Tri-tip. I've never tried it on tri-tip. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do that. Um, do you use anything else as a base when you're when you're putting it on, or is it just just uh, just the rub just by itself? For the beef, it's just the rub by itself. I'll do a you know a, a one gallon bag, throw the beef in there, shake the rub in, let it rest overnight in the fridge, then bring it back up to temp. It has soaked into the meat really really well and go from there on the, the grilling. But for the pork, I'm typically using some type of prepared mustard, just a small amount to give it something to stick to and then go. Right. Yeah. I, I do the same thing with, when I'm making pork ribs. Uh, I'll put a little layer of mustard on there help it stick and, and, it, and it usually turns out pretty good for me. Um, I've never had anyone notice that mustard's there. It fades in pretty nicely, yeah. 
and uh, I like that one better than the water. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. What have you used out of the robot? You said you, you haven't tried it on tri-tip, but uh, you got yourself some samples down there, and uh, I'm curious what you've used it on. So far, we've done we've done uh, I've done ribs with it, um, and that's been about it <laughs> to this point. So, but yeah, I haven't had much time to to try. Uh, you know what? I think I did try it on um, some chicken down in uh, Ventura when we went camping, and I gave it uh, I gave some samples to uh, my camping neighbor and he was blown away by it. He said, Hey man, this is probably the best chicken I've ever had in my life. And I, and you know, I'm always blown away when I get comments like that. Um, you gotta make me fly. Yeah, no doubt. And, and that's the same way I feel when I get it. You know, I don't handle compliments very well. Uh, and I'm used to getting beat up at competitions when, when I get my feedback from judges. So, <laughs> you know, when you actually when you actually have someone tell you like, "Hey man, this is the best chicken I've ever had in my life," it's just it's mind blowing sometimes, and uh, it, it I always feel a little bit awkward, and I I know I probably don't receive the compliment very well, but yeah, I mean that was uh, that was some of the feedback I got from when I used the 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 rub on some chicken down camping in Ventura. So that's really cool to hear that uh, just a random person by you there got knocked off. That's their it. That guy was like, "Hey man, how do I get this? Where do I, uh, you know?" And I was, I use Traegers. Um, I've been, I've been a pellet head for a long time. Uh, it's just easiest for me uh, when it comes to to smoking. I learned how to how to smoke on a stick burner, but um, I also learned afterwards that it was much easier to set a temperature on a Traeger and and let it do its thing. So. Uh, it also kind of talked them into buying a Traeger at the same time, so um, not sponsored or paid paid by Traeger at all. So I mean, I say that I've had one since uh, 2006, so I've been using them for forever. So you're dedicated, and that's good. Maybe a little wink, nudge, nudge when they listen to this. We're just throwing it out yeah. there, either, you know. Just throwing it out there. I've been a sales rep for a long time, just unpaid. <laughs> cool. Hey, I got something to try it on then. If uh, if you don't have time to throw on the grill, and maybe the family's getting tired of uh, dead four-legged things, you could uh, right. sprinkle it on some rockfish or cod, bake it for about 15 minutes at 400 degrees, and you've got some killer fish right there. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have to try that. Good stuff, huh? Yeah, awesome. We'll give it a try. I'll have to. I'll have to record it and put it on YouTube. That's the next thing that's coming is a YouTube channel. Um, but I haven't got to that yet. It's coming. It's in the works, though. Hey, so question for you now. Um, just that it came up because you were asking me what got you into barbecue. Because I had a really fun time when I started. 25 years ago looking at this stuff and I'm always curious to see what other people are doing in their barbecue life yeah sure uh, good question uh, I, I was not much of and I've only been in barbecue since about 2006 2007 when I really started doing like low and slow uh, as I said but what, what really catapulted me into barbecue was 
moving from California out to Texas. And, and before I'd done that, I had a grill. I would do some hamburgers and hot dogs, which to me at the time, uh, that meant barbecue. Uh, but when I moved to Texas, I was uh, quickly informed that that did not constitute barbecue and so if you want to invite some people over to your house for barbecue and and people by people I mean Texans uh, hamburgers and hot dogs does not qualify as barbecue so um, it is and the first time I did it and I got some weird stares from the guys that I had invited over, you know, some guys that I work with. Uh, yeah, I learned very quickly, like, oh, man, this is uh, this is awkward. So, yeah. So then uh, a friend invited me over to his house, and he had done some ribs. And uh, and everybody was complimenting him on his ribs. And, and me, I'm just a competitive-type guy, so I wanted to try to one-up him and be like, hey, man, I can cook some better ribs than that, you know. Even though at the time I, I had no basis for that claim or, or thought, really. Uh, so I looked around and, and bought a smoker, one of those charbroil offset smokers that you find at Home Depot. And I started experimenting and started looking in how to how to cook barbecue and started doing some ribs and had a lot of failures along the way. Uh, just timing. I didn't know anything about what to expect on how long to cook and there was time and, and controlling my heat I mean it was just a mess and so I remember those days pretty vividly though because you got those you know the stairs from the family of like uh what did you make <laughs> what did you make you know or there would be times where the ribs just wouldn't be done yet and and um you know it was another hour two hours and I had people over that were like hey when's the food gonna be done I'm like um I'm working on it you know and so just uh after failure after failure of cooking and, and learning how to cook on that charbroil uh smoker which isn't probably the best but it you know it worked it, it got me into barbecue um and 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 attempting and attempting and reading and I just digested barbecue. One of the sites I went to, I used to tell people all the time, if you want to learn, go to AmazingRibs.com. And there was a lot of free content out there. That guy is awesome. That is one of my go-tos. He actually gave me a great uh, bacon background. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's a great website, and all the information is there. It's free. Um, at least it was when I was looking at it. I, I don't go to it as often anymore. But uh, when I was getting into barbecue, I use that website, and I tell people about it all the time because it, it gave me a lot, a lot of information. And um, I think they have a recipe on there called... Um, Last ribs, or it's, it's something to I, I have to. I'm, I'm butchering it, but uh, you could check this like, uh, like what ribs would you call for for your last meal, or something like that. And it's ah, okay, yeah, I didn't see yeah, that. It's such a good recipe. I should, uh, I should, I'll put it like in show notes or something. I'll find it in, in uh, last meal ribs, or I'm pretty sure that's close to what it is. And, and it's just a recipe on how to cook some ribs and uh, using some maple syrup as, as um, 
that's kind of a based and and it's so I mean they're just just so good and I've cooked that recipe uh, for years and years and people just love it I mean they're just it just it comes out great so I did that but after uh, so after a while of you know having people over and starting to get it down people started coming over and and digesting a lot of the information that was on amazing ribs to to get better um, you know I started getting a lot of compliments and when you start getting some compliments from some Texans uh, it, it carries a little bit of weight you know um, you done good and yeah you done good right so then somebody st- suggested that I go out and compete and I was like oh, I've never even thought about that you know so I was like well I'll give it a try and so I did a rattlesnake roundup uh, it's a big rattlesnake roundup deal that they have out in Sweetwater Texas and there was about 140 150 teams at my first cook off and uh I pulled up with my little charbroil $150 smoker in the back, and uh, I was next to a guy who had like a ten, twelve thousand dollar Jambro um, pit, you know. And I was like, "Oh man, I'm out, I'm outmatched here. I'm not gonna do crap, you know." Um, but anyways, I'm gonna have fun. So we did it. I I showed up so unprepared. I didn't even know what kind of chicken. I had brought like some chicken thighs, and then I found out like in Texas. Uh, um, at the competitions you have to do half chicken and so i'm calling my brother and i'm like hey man i need to go pick up a chicken from the store and bring me a chicken you gotta do half. you know i was so unprepared oh, I you know yeah it was a mess and i didn't have anywhere to sleep we slept on the ground and it was cold and but it was still fun me and my friends and uh my brothers we had a good time and and um i ended up you know they're calling they're going through the numbers and in in texas the way they do is double blind judging as they do in most places but texas they do a little bit different they give you one side of a raffle ticket um and the other side is taped to your box and so all they do is they they call the top 10 and if you get if they call your number then you place if they don't call your number then you didn't place and you don't know what you did there's no feedback there's no um information on on what happened with 150 yeah that's it that's it you know and so uh i think ribs was one of the last categories they were calling and uh they got down to like the top five i was like uh i guess i'm not gonna get anything you know i'm i'm out of you know i lost and uh second place they they started uh, reading off the numbers and then I looked down at my ticket and I'm like hey man that's mine and I was just like in complete shock you know uh, and and everything went deafening silence I couldn't hear a word and, and all I could remember is just like looking at my ticket and walking up and getting my trophy which was like two or three feet high and, and actually pulled second place ribs uh, at my first competition in Texas so it was it was fun man and I was I was hooked ever since, man. I've been passionate and loving barbecue ever since then. So that's what got me into barbecue. <laughs> Long story, but that's awesome. That's a great story. I love that. So, have you ever done any competitions, or has anyone ever competed with your rubs? As of yet, no. I did do a competition 
uh, event this last year called Birmingham up here in Sonoma County. <clears throat> and I, I just, I wasn't in the competition. I was just a vendor showing the spice rub, showing everybody what the rub can do. And I had smoked 10 pounds of pork belly to bring out as samples. You know, just for giggles here, try the rub, see what you think. This is what we made with it. And I was um, complimented by more than one of the people out there. Cassidy Barbecue was out there. He came down from the Sacramento area. And people just loved that pork belly that I made and told me that I should have entered and I had potential of winning the event if I had entered. Okay. I'll remember that next time. So. Yeah, for sure. So at that point, that's when I decided, yeah, I'm going to give this a try and see if I can figure out something this summer to enter a couple competitions besides just being a vendor there and showing off my goodies for people to buy. But, hey, check this out. I also cook pretty good, too. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great way just to get it out there and, and get the... You know, get some more exposure. So let's see, what's uh, what's been one of the biggest challenges bringing the bringing the rug to the market, or or just all all together? Uh, what would you say has been one of the biggest challenges with the the rub? Well, um, there are a few challenges. There's the quit your day job and launch your own company challenge. That's scarier than hell. And uh, <laughs> you get your sea legs after a little while, and that's okay. But after that, it's it's the consistency of getting out there and telling everybody about yourself and what you've done. That has to be the hardest because I've sold my whole life. I've been a salesman on something, somebody's widget somehow, and was able to talk about their product because it was great. But to go out there and say how awesome you are, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. That's probably the biggest challenge for me is getting out there and just talking to folks to say, hey, try my stuff. Uh, standing in the middle of a Safeway with uh, your spice rub telling everybody who's buying chicken, hey, you should try this on your chicken tonight. <laughs> and the funny looks you get. Who are you? Leave me alone. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, right? That's uh, the that's the hustle. That's the grind. That that uh. So you're you're doing it full time now, though, huh? Yeah, yeah. I I, I, uh, I formed the um, the company back in September of fifteen, and then I was. Uh, FDA approved, if you want to call that. I, I finally got into a facility that was federally approved for manufacturing for me on a larger scale than a, uh, a rental kitchen here in Sonoma County. Uh, they started making it in large packaging, and that was November of 15 that he had it. So uh, 16 was the beginning of the product launch, and that was probably the toughest year trying to just grind through 2016 on everything by myself. No doubt. And when you did that, you went full full board into it. it quit your day job and went full board into um, just selling the rub. I did. I did. That was April of 16, full board. Um, rolling oh, along. That's scary. And then I signed an agreement on my warehouse office space a year later, April of last year. So it's my one-year anniversary in my uh, my office building here. And that's even scarier when suddenly you're spending the same amount as your mortgage on an office. 
Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I haven't done that kind of stuff yet. I've always been hesitant to just go full board into something. And uh, so I congratulate you on that, man. That's that's amazing. That's pretty awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Um, Appreciate that. What was the process like of, of getting the FDA approval? Was that... Uh, Walk me, if if you could, walk us through that a little bit. I'm I'm just kind of curious myself. Right, right. But just any food vending, and the the biggest hurdle wasn't myself getting FDA approved. It was it was finding people, um, and what it took for me, and how to be able to sell to the whole country. So I've got the ability to go into a rental kitchen here, a commissary kitchen, and make my spices under a license from Sonoma County. And I can package them and sell them around here, but then that's just doing it myself day in, day out, um, and tying up all my time. So I figure, okay, let me find someone in California that could make it so it's California-ready. Come to find out, California versus federal, not much of a difference. And I found a guy out there in the middle of nowhere called Newman, California. So if anybody's been out there, they know exactly what I'm talking about, tumbleweeds and concrete buildings. And uh, this guy's actually, uh, he's made quite a few different um, spices for a lot of people as a co-packer. Um, Kinder makes their, their products at his stuff at his place and their stuff. Nice. And there's a couple other people, Ohana Spices out of Hawaii. Uh, so a couple of good folks are with this guy, and he is the one who's FDA approved. He's had his facility looked over. He's even been um, kosher and halal approved for a while, a couple of years back when people were making stuff with him. Um, so they were uh, ready for kosher meals. So he's been at it for a while, and that was the savior for me because I didn't have to go through all that work and do a build-out of this big $150,000 place. He'll just slap it together for me, order my spices exactly to my specifications, stick it in a bottle, put it in a box, put it on a truck, have a nice day. Easy for me. I can write a check. And, but I think it was the, the most difficult thing was finding him, and it came from, i got to give a shout-out to my buddy up in Sacramento, uh, Andy, who owns Big Dick's Dry Rubs, and he had been making it. Um, and he gave me a little bit more inspiration for actually jumping out there with both feet, sticking it in the package instead of making it locally and what it, what it would take to be my own company. So he encouraged me, and I really thank he and his wife, Valerie, for that. Awesome. So getting it FDA approved, is that part – is that – Part of that just going to an FDA approved co-packer, or does it? Is there yeah. any other requirements like you have to have? I don't know a breakdown of the ingredients and calorie count and stuff like that, or how, how does that work? There is um, all the FDA approval is placed upon the co-packer, so he is approved as the place to package the spices that he purchases through his approved suppliers. I cannot send him any Got stuff. Uh, if I find something, he, he has to source the identical one from the people he gets that are approved. And so it all, it all funnels that way so it keeps it legal. Um, I don't have any FDA approval. I don't have any USDA approval per se my stuff. Uh, that I worked on, but I do have to have a label. I do have to name the spices that are 
nut allergies if there are or anything that's processed with soy or milk. Those, the basic stuff you see on most ingredient labels. Um, right. And the calorie counts um, for our industry, we really don't need to worry about having that whole nutrition panel of calories, sodium, etc., until you're hitting over 100,000 units per year. Oh, okay. Which, that, that to me is crazy. I'm like, wow, I, I'd be competing with McCormick's at that point. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> the scale sometimes of what it takes to get to a certain scale before you're required to do something or before someone will cut you a break, it, it blows me away sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and that's another one of them. It's uh, zero or 100,000. There's nothing in between. And, you're, and to kind of touch on that, I'm, uh, I'm in the process of about to launch a, uh, a gourmet bacon company making specialty bacon. And that one. Oh, nice. That's USDA approval. And if you want to talk about government red tape, it would be easier to sell them a bar. <laughs> than to get bacon made easily. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't get it. So is that going to be part of a, an extension of the, the J. Christopher Rub Company, or is that going to be its own whole other venture? That's its, uh, its own company. That's um, just called Fluger's Bacon. Okay. And uh, the, Sweet, man. The, yeah, the primary one, the thing that made it launch off was my wife saying, if you ever buy bacon from the store again, I'm going to divorce you. So that kind of told me I had something there. Absolutely, <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, I moved forward on that. And other people agreed that, yes, they need I need to start making it because they want to buy it. So there's a lot of free samples constantly going out to people. Um, and it's a black truffle flavor is my uh, the first one I'll come out with. Um, and then I have some hurdles to get through with USDA on my honey sriracha and my date syrup and black pepper. Oh, man, those sound, sound amazing. It's making my mouth water, actually. I'm thinking, man... I love bacon. I, mean, I don't. I don't understand anyone who doesn't love bacon, but um, especially when you start spicing it up and, and adding some flavors to it. It's just, oh, it's, it's wonderful, man. So, uh, kind of a question then came up to my mind when you were talking about doing that. Um, have you thought about adding any additional rub mixes to? Uh, the J. Christopher lineup, or is are you just sticking with uh, just the rub? I am. I am actually. I've had quite a bit of uh, feedback saying, "So, where's your hot one? Love your rub. Now I want some heat." And there's only so right. many times I can tell people, "Well, add your favorite red pepper in and to kick it up a notch." <laughs> right. Uh, exactly. Throwing money away every time I tell someone that. So. I, I do have one coming, a hot one, and uh, it's not going to be your typical throw in some cayenne, throw in something that's standard. I um, I decided to go with one of my favorite chilies, which is a hatch chili coming out of the Hatch Valley, uh, New Mexico, and get okay. some of that in there because it has such a unique flavor and the heat that you can really play with. So that will be the next one is going to be a hatch chili hot. Rub. Oh man, I can't wait. Uh, I'm interested to see how that comes out. And man, I love, I love going to New Mexico, and they put chilies on everything. And I love, I love heat. And so it, it sounds, sounds amazing. I can't wait. Uh, well, I'll send you a sample. I'll send you down the, 
the sample of what I've got going right now. You can tell me if it's hot enough. Sweet, man. I mean, I I have a pretty high level. I mean, I know there's people a high level of tolerance, and there's probably people out there with more. But uh, yeah, I taste some stuff sometimes. And I'm just like, and it says hot. I'm like, I don't even taste any heat, you know. So uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see. And then and then there's other people. I give them some ribs, and and there's a little bit of pepper on it, and that's too hot. So. Uh, I get. I, it just depends on your tolerance level, but yeah, that sounds amazing. That sounds good. I'd be interested to 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 try it out. I'd be interested to see also like uh, some of the other types of you know, hey, come up with a chicken rub or a beef just beef rub or you know just. I think you you know you could come up with some pretty amazing stuff. So I've got a actually I do have a, a, a beef only one that I'm coming up with, um, and it. It's sort of following a concept that I've been developing uh, with other spice companies in the area. Uh, I mean, from Arizona up to Washington. There's other guys that I work with. Um, Flaps, uh, he's awesome too. Uh, and I'm trying to get together this concept of a California spice or a West Coast flavor, West Coast barbecue. And that we have so many different things that we have out here that are not available or no one's really used. And so I'm trying to put that into a bottle kind of grab what we do out here um, 10 times a year at 70 degrees every day. You know, California is perfect. But I've got that coming up too. So those are the two that I have in the works. Um, there was another one that I was going to be playing with that's a chocolate chipotle um, that might uh, that come up by next year as well. That sounds that sounds really good. Yeah, those are man, I can't wait, man. Can't wait to see what you do and, and try those out. Man, definitely bring a different uh different approach to rub. Top barbecue tip for a beginner. What would you recommend? Don't be afraid to ask other people what to do. Otherwise you're gonna Absolutely. waste a lot of your time ruining a lot of good food. <laughs> Wasting a lot of money, right? Exactly. Well, I wasn't quite saying it that way, but. (laughs) Well, that's what it is. I mean, you spend that, but you know, if you go out and buy a pack of three pack of ribs from Costco or 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 a brisket or something, you're spending thirty, fifty bucks on a on a slab of meat. uh, Tri tips, twenty five to, depending on where you're getting it and and, uh, the grade that you're getting it at, but. It, it could be an expensive lessons to learn for sure, um, but I think as 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 men, that's that's easier said than done. <laughs> you know, it's like asking for directions, right? We'd rather be lost and and not know where to go than to stop and ask for someone for help or directions. I mean, at least that's what how it is for me. That's the nice thing about modern communication these days is nobody really has to know with all the background messaging that you can get on all the different platforms of Facebook and, and Instagram, et cetera, and text messages to some guy going, hey, don't tell anybody, but how long do I cook this? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it breaks it down, breaks that barrier down a little bit of doing it in person for sure. Yeah. And and there's so much good information out there on YouTube and the Internet and Instagram. And yeah, and a lot of these guys really want to share and give you some great tips. So just, it's okay. Send them a message. Go, hey, that's awesome. How do you do that? I did that once for someone who posted up some pastrami beef ribs. 
It's a big old meaty pastrami style. And I said, hey, how do you do this, man? That looks awesome. He sent me this just super long message back with all the ways how to do it, timing, ingredients, everything. And it just blew me away how willing this person was to send me this stuff. And I just... Absolutely. I right there. That's, it definitely just stick on that track. It's okay to ask. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and, you, and you're right. Most people are willing, more than willing to share uh, what, they, what they've done. And people just... What I found in barbecue is that people are, it's one big family, and, and people are more than willing to, to help one another out when it comes to that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I think I think the first time I ever experienced that, um, I have to be back in Tennessee, back in Memphis, um, back when I was working at Flowmaster. We were doing some drag race work out there, and I met this dude called Larry Price, and he had the Phantom, this just big old badass 1200 horsepower Ford that uh, he had his fun and he raised money for kids it was called Cars for Kids and he also had a chipped pork truck a little um, food truck that he made some of the best chipped pork I've ever had in my life and this must have been probably the early 2000s and that's really where I got introduced barbecue and that guy showed me a couple of tricks so it and he was you know he was more than patient and very willing to show me what's going on with uh with barbecue when i asked and that must have been my very first spark of true barbecue desire to get into it way back then so it doesn't hurt to ask i'm glad you did because now we have the jay <laughs> jay christopher rub now that, that was born out of that, really. So um, that's awesome, man. Uh, what's probably the craziest barbecue tip you've heard? Uh, the people that tell you to go ahead and boil your ribs before you cook them. I've been waiting for that one to come up, I, and I knew it would. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree, man. That That's crazy. And just an interesting question for me because I'd like to hear what other people have heard as well because I've heard some crazy stuff like that, uh, boil, boil your ribs. And, I mean, I guess if you want to do uh, a pork broth or something like that and that's what you want to use the water for afterwards, maybe that's a good tip, but... I just don't know why anyone would do that. No, it, they, they said it was for um, tenderizing. And, well, uh, first of all, you, you're killing all the flavor. Second, um, you're killing all the flavor. It, that, that one falls right up there along the lines of uh, a friend of mine that grew up in Kansas City. said the Kansas City way that he was taught when he was a kid was you stick a piece of meat on the grill, and when it starts to get black, you put some sauce on there to cover up the black. And when that turns black, you put some more sauce on that to cover that up. And when it's finally done an hour later, it looks like this golden brown perfect piece of meat, which is a super thick bark of burnt down to a little meat with some ribs. I don't know if that's exactly the Kansas City way, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I think, you know, with Instagram and things like that, there is, it's so impressionable, uh, you know, with just social media and you see all the crazy stuff that, that is born out of that that people see, like um, squeezing your meat and squeezing all the juice out of it. Uh, not sure why people do that. You know, hey, this is juicy. Well, you just squeezed out all the 
a lot of good flavor out of it. So I'm not sure why people are doing that. And uh, I think it's just, you know, it's so easy to be uh, influenced by what you see, and, and especially if there's a ton of people doing it. So there's just some crazy barbecue tips out there, and, and uh, I'd like to try to debunk some of them if I can. Maybe you can't, but who knows? <laughs> At least try and see what happens. And if, At least try. At least try. There you go. And, uh, yeah, I was listening to another barbecue podcast, and, and they started a uh, hashtag uh, campaign to uh, put an end to squeezing your meat. I think it's called hashtag don't squeeze your meat. Um <laughs> And I was like, man, I I love it. And I see guys doing it, and I just want to tell them, please, yeah, hey, hashtag don't squeeze your meat because you're, you're just you're, you're ruining it. Don't do that. That <laughs> fits right in there with my hashtag. It's okay to rub it. It's okay to rub it. It is. It is. Definitely is. Appreciate it, JC. If people want to reach you, where can they find you? They can find me at our website, uh, www.christopher.co. Um, and then I'm sure you'll drop these in the notes, but uh, our phone number up here is 707-595-8679. Or you can just shoot us an email um, at needmore at jchristopher.co. Facebook, Instagram, uh, we're out there also by the same name at jchristopher.co. So pretty easy to find us. Awesome, man. Appreciate that. So uh, if you guys are needing more rubs, you got the need more. I love that email. That's an awesome one. Or also, I, I think I recall seeing you on, uh, seeing me on your, uh, your webpage. They can also go to the Barbecue Rub Club and pick some up as well. That's it, man. Appreciate that. Thanks for that. I, f I completely forgot. <laughs> Goodness, I'm I'm doing horrible. Doing horrible. But uh, yeah, we're also available there. And uh, maybe you know, once you get those other spices, man, we'll do another. We'll do another feature in one of the upcoming boxes, and that would be awesome. That would be great. Maybe uh, you got yourself uh, some video stream on the podcast coming up. We'll uh, try to work out a little cook with that going on. That'd be sweet. Yeah, that'd be awesome too, man. All right, JC. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Thanks, Brian. All right, guys. That wraps up this episode of Behind the Rub with Barbecue Rub Club. Really hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Be sure to check us out at barbecuerubclub.net. That's bbqrubclub.net. If you haven't already, be sure to sign up for our Barbecue Rub Club subscription box where we're featuring some of the best up-and-coming rubs on the planet. We have a special coupon code for our listeners, BRC Podcast, all one word. Again, that's BRC Podcast, all one word, for 15% off any purchase. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, we're out.